Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and this is your weekly forecast for the week of August 5th through August 11th. Um, we have uh, some really interesting aspects this week. A uh, little overview for the week. We're going to be talking about the crescent moon phase, uh, the first quarter moon phase, a series of trines from the Sun and Venus to Jupiter, which is going to be a, a, a nice, a nice little bonus this week, and. Uh, a couple planets uh, switch in directions. We got Jupiter that's stationing direct and Uranus that's stationing retrograde. So that's pretty much what we're going to be talking about today. I'm also going to go over a little bit of the um, Leo ruled decans or the, uh, the, ten, the three 10 degree sections of Leo and talk about some of the cards associated with that since we're in the middle of Leo season and it's always fun to learn something new. All right, so let's get to it. I'm first going to give you a little bit of the essential dignities report for the week. I'm doing this kind of thing every week where we're talking about what condition the planets are in. Um, if, you, if you've been following along on my channel, we like to talk about uh, a planet um, birthing its significations through the sign as a temple or a birth channel. So what happens is the, these, the planet uh, represents certain things in the abstraction, so like Venus would be harmony, love, cleanliness, uh, ritual, um, where the sun would be uh, have a um, the meaning of issuing commandments, uh, authority, uh, whereas Mars would be the action uh, essence. So we're we're having all of those planets are are manifesting those abstract significations, and they take on kind of the mantle of the sign that they're in. And of course, each sign is, is hosted or ruled by a planet. So we're going to see uh, a little bit of a, um, a difference between the expression of that planetary influence when it goes through a particular sign. And in the ancient Hellenistic system, they were talking about a planet was stronger or weaker or more or, more or less able to bring about the things that it signified based on the type of sign that it was in and its relationship with its host. So th this is why we go over essential dignities. And essential dignities, of course, are sign-based, where accidental dignities were based on houses and aspects. Uh, so the first thing that we have this week is we have the sun. It's still in the sign of Leo. And that, of course, is the sun's home domicile. That is the temple that it rules or hosts. And the sun is very powerful in the sign of Leo. So this is something where our ability to issue commands, our ability to take authority in our life, our ability to uh, illuminate uh, others through our self-expression um, are all enhanced over when the sun is in Leo. So this is a good time to like figure out uh, questions of identity, who you want to be, what kind of ways that you exercise authority in your life, and, and what kind of leadership qualities that you may be able to, to put forth in whatever area of your life that Leo is very prominent. Uh, it's, it's important to look at your chart and look at the house that, that Leo uh, is, is ruling. And that, that is a particular area of your life that you may be able to have an enhanced sense of authority in this, uh, in this current astrological climate. The other thing that the sun is doing, or the other type of dignity that the sun has right now is called triplicity. And the triplicity rulers uh, where they, they alternate in the day and the nighttime. And the ancient authors kind of compared this to having the 
the wind in your sails. They were associated with the directional, the directional winds. Um, and Demetri George also associates these with having the support of your community. So very interesting. The sun has kind of a double dignity right now. He has uh, dignity by domicile and then dignity by triplicity during the day. Um, one of the things I've been experimenting with is does the planet, you know, get more or less dignified just, you know, in a, in a transit by day? Is the sun going to be more powerful by day? And I, I, I think the answer is yes, uh, especially since the sun is of the diurnal sect and it's going to have its most power. It makes uh, logical sense that the sun would have more power during the day. Um, so some of the solar uh, actions that you might want to be taking or the, the uh, exercising your authority may be more effective in the daytime than it would be in the nighttime with the sun in this position. All right, moving along. We have a couple other planets that are in their own home signs as well. Uh, of course, Jupiter's been hanging out in Sagittarius for uh, quite a while now. Uh, it's been retrograde in motion for the last few months here, and it's about to station direct on the 11th, which is uh, this Sunday coming up. So that's exciting. Uh, but but Jupiter is still very strong, um, and retrograde benefics still aren't necessarily bad or anything. I don't think you can make a, a benefic planet into a malefic planet. Uh, it just may be that there may be some reevaluations that have been going on in that Jupiterian area of your life, uh, Sagittarius in particular. Um, so look at the house that is has Sagittarius on its cusp, and that is where you may be experiencing some good fortune, but also you're you're kind of trying to figure out what the next step is and moving forward. Um, and you're probably going to get a big boost in that area of your life this week, uh, because when when a, a planet, a superior planet, that want that is one that is outside of the orbit of the sun, that would be Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn, uh, when they are making their direct station, um, that is generally happening at the uh, inferior trine, okay? So this is, you can kind of see when a planet's about to go retrograde or about to go uh, direct with the superior outer planets um, when they're making a trine to the sun. Uh, so, Jupiter is going to be making a condition called Phasis. And Phasis is kind of a, a, an important point in the uh, synodic cycle or the relationship of that planet to the sun. And they, they represent kind of these peak moments that, where it's important for us to pay attention because the planet is speaking a little bit louder than it would uh, otherwise. Um, so really pay attention to what's going on over the, the coming weekend in the Jupiterian area of your life. Um, Beyond being in its own home sign and being able to do Jupiter things like being able to confirm others, um, being able to expand, bring expansion and abundance in an area of your life, to bring growth. Jupiter was also associated with children, so there may be some things uh, associated with the, the children or the childlike uh, energy in your life. Um, Jupiter was the judge. Where Mercury is the lawyer in the cosmic courtroom, Jupiter is the judge in making judgments. So your particular judgment may be enhanced with Jupiter in this sign and with it going direct pretty soon. The other uh, dignity that Jupiter has is, a, is also a triplicity, uh, but, but, but this time by night, because the sun is the triplicity ruler of the fire signs by day, and Jupiter is the triplicity ruler by night. So that's kind of how triplicity works. We have a daytime ruler and a nighttime ruler, and then this participating, cooperating ruler that we'll get into at a, at a later point 
um, for each of the elements. So there is a, a day and a night ruler for the fire, earth, water, and air signs. Um, and so Jupiter is very strong right now as well, and about to get even even more uh, in better in better shape coming up. Um, so if you're doing all your your Jupiterian business, uh, get it done in the next few months before uh, Jupiter moves into Capricorn, where it loses dignity and moves into uh, its fall. And uh, that is uh, not a happy place for Jupiter because Jupiter's trying to act uh, within the domicile of Saturn, and, and they have very very different energies, and and they are a little bit there's a little bit of conflict that happens where Jupiter is expansion and and you know busting through the limits and the boundaries. Jupiter or Saturn is the one that is you know saying no. Jupiter wants to say yes very badly, and Saturn loves to say no. But sometimes that no is healthy. So uh, get the get the yeses out there for the next few months. And, and starting Sunday, they're really going to be supported very strongly. Um, of course, Saturn is also in his own home sign of Capricorn, his feminine uh, expression, um, the, the nighttime Saturn, basically, where a lot of the structure that we're uh, experiencing is, is an internal structure or an etern- internal restructuring. Whereas when... Uh, you know, Saturn is in her his uh, masculine or, or diurnal sign of Aquarius. There is a little bit more of an externalization of that restructuring process. Uh, so we see a lot of wanting to change the rules or create boundaries and structures within society when when Saturn is in Aquarius versus uh, being very uh, internal about it with uh, Saturn in Capricorn. Um, but the good news is is that we are able to have a lot of internal mental discipline with Saturn and Capricorn and we're able to kind of you know there's a there's an interesting balance going on right now and I think Gary Caton another friend of, uh, of mine who's a very good astrologer was pointing out that Saturn and Jupiter are, have a, a condition called Antitia right now where they are sort of like secretly kind of conjunct or um, I can't I can't remember if it's a counter Antitia or an Antitia counter Antitia is like a secret opposition and Antitia is like a secret conjunction. So there's a relationship that that expansion and limitation quality is playing in your life. I think really the key is balance. Is it's, it's expanding, but within a certain uh, defined set of limitations that you have in your life. And I think that that can actually be really liberating. Um, when we are able to have growth uh, within a certain set of parameters, it, it, it makes it so that it's not as chaotic. It gives it a little bit of structure. I've found that as a musician, having some structures to work within is actually very, very uh, liberating and very, very healing within the musical world. Um, it's, it's like if you're in a band and you're saying, well, we're going we're gonna to jam, but it's going to be in this key and it's going to be for this amount of measures and it's going to be at this tempo. And without those structures, uh, you have, I guess you have some very progressive jazz, which if that's your thing, that's fine. Um, but I think that, that you can make some really cool things uh, within, within those, those limitations of like key, tempo, and uh, measure. So think about that. Think about the, the music that you're creating within your life. It, uh, music can be a metaphor for whatever that you're doing within your life. Uh, so that is a, the, the dignities. The only other dignity that we're really seeing um, is is Mars is going to be in its own decan uh, towards the end of the week here. Uh, if it's not already, we'll take a look at the chart here in a second. I mean, that gives Mars uh, a little bit of an extra oomph to do um, 
more action orientated things. Uh, of course, Mars is the separating quality. It is called the lesser malefic. It has a cutting and severing quality. It has a, when it's functioning properly, it has a, a defending and a courageous property as well. So especially in the, in the sign of Leo, it's going to be um, defending its turf. And I'll show you the card that's associated with that, which is, is uh, echoing that theme. Um, the moon has a few dignities this week. Uh, the moon is going to be moving into the sign of Scorpio, which is its fall uh, or its depression. Uh, and that is a point where it's at the bottom of the wheel of fortune. It's, uh, you know, the lunar significations are, are not super well supported when the moon is in uh, Scorpio. And then towards the end of the week, we're going to have the moon in its exile in Capricorn, uh, which it does have an interesting little uh, kind of balancing mechanism there because it does gain triplicity in the evening. So if you are doing lunar things when the moon goes into Capricorn, uh, again, it's probably going to be better to do them at night. So those are the, the dignities, uh, according to uh, Dorotheus. Those are our Dorotheus triplicity rulers, if you were wondering. Um, and uh, let's, uh, let's take a look at the chart here. Actually, before I do that, I want to um, give you a little bit of a tarot lesson first. Let's do the, let's do the tarots, and then we'll, we'll dive into the chart and look at it together. So this week, we've got the sun moving through uh, the second decan of Leo. Um, so that's 10 degrees Leo through 20 degrees Leo. And I believe, let's see, let's look at the chart just real quick here, just so we're getting all our ducks in a row. So you can see that the sun is at 12 degrees Leo in my chart for Monday. And Mars, and also Venus, is moving into the second decan. So we've got the sun and Venus moving through this second um, Jupiter ruled Deccan. So each of the, the 10 degree decanic sections have a planetary ruler as well. So it's kind of like they're working with that planet to bring about the things that they represent, just like they would if they were in domicile or other part, other dignities. Okay. So we are going to be working with second Deccan Leo and third Deccan Leo with Mars being in that sign as well. I was going to show you a little bit about Sagittarius 2 today as well, because uh, Jupiter is a real big theme this week, and Jupiter is moving through the second decan of Sagittarius. So let me stop my share for a minute here so you can see all these cards a little better. And if you're following along uh, on the audio only, I'll describe the, the images that I'm seeing. And I'm going to show you just kind of the progression of the different three Leo-ruled cards here. Uh, of course, we've talked in the past on the five of wands. Of course, all the Leo uh, decan cards are going to be wands because that is associated with the element of fire, okay? And each, uh, each sign has three cards associated with it, and you'll start to notice patterns if you want to start studying the tarot. Uh, all of the fixed signs uh, are numbers five through eight. Uh, all of the, um, well, let's go in order. The cardinal signs are cards two, three, and four in each of the different cardinal signs. Um, the fixed signs are five, six, and seven in each of the fixed signs. And the mutable signs are 8, 9, and 10. So you can kind of start to get a little bit of a, uh, an organizational structure to that. So we're, what we're working with today is 5, 6, and 7 of wands. And here in the, the first decade, we saw a group of, of young gentlemen uh, kind of vying for the spotlight. And we talked about this a little bit last week. So if you want to get a, a more in-depth uh, kind of uh, exploration of the 5 of wands, take a look at the videos I have in my YouTube channel. Uh, and so 
this is about kind of struggling for the spotlight, struggling for dominance, for asserting leadership and authority. And here we see in the second decan, which is the Jupiter-ruled ones. This, this is a, a Saturn-ruled decan here, the first decan. And then the second decan here is Jupiter-ruled. And uh, here we see uh, a, a figure. This card was called Victory. So somebody won, okay? <laughs> One of these dudes here uh, won the battle and is, is riding back uh, to at victorious with a crown of laurels here. This is what Austin Coppett calls this card, a crown of laurels. And it looks like he's got the support of the people he was you know, vying uh, for dominance with. It's like they're celebrating him. So you're the victory, you've won, okay? So there may be a, an area of your life right now where you are experiencing uh, some success. And it's okay to celebrate the success that you've experienced um, after working very hard to establish yourself and your identity. Leo is all about establishing uh, an identity, I think, uh, especially with, with the sun and being able to assert authority in a very, hopefully, in a, in a healthy way. Um, so this is something that we'll be working with with Venus, too. Venus is going to be under the auspices of the second decan of Leo also. Um, so that's one thing to keep in mind. Uh, the second decan is about celebrating who you are and your identity and getting recognition for that. Um, so you've been vying for it, but now you may receive some of the recognition that is, that is due. Okay. Uh, the other thing to think about with that is um, it's about authenticity. Uh, when we are merging the inner spiritual fire with the uh, sphere of action, uh, we are going to be having an authentic expression. So when you are marrying your ability to get in touch with your true higher self and being able to act from that center rather than from putting on some sort of mask, okay, this one was associated with masks, and this is about maybe taking off the mask and finally getting to the real core of who you are and your being. And that really helps to boost uh, your integrity, okay? Authenticity and integrity go hand in hand. And this is where you're going to really gain the real respect, is when you're, when you're expressing yourself from uh, the actual truth of who you are rather than trying to be what people want you to be, okay? So I think that's a real good theme for this week is be yourself and don't be afraid to be who you are and i think that you will get much more you'll get further uh just being a true expression of who you are than trying to put on some sort of mask and and fake the funk uh you remember shaquille o'neal in the 90s he's like don't fake the funk on a nasty dunk <laughs> for, for all of you 90s basketball fans out there um, i know that the audience will be limited on this channel for that, but check them out. Shaq has all sorts of good uh, one-liners. Um, the last decan that we see of Leo is the Seven of Wands. And this is where we see a figure who has established himself. And now people are starting to come for his position and he has to defend his turf. So it's like, oh, you've, you've established your authority. You've found the, that you have the support of your community for that authority. But now uh, people may be trying to usurp your position. And Mars is going to be in this position this week. So there may be a little bit of that kind of creeping into the, into the four as well. Um, this is a Mars ruled decan though. So the, the good news is that you are able to, I think Mars already being associated with defense 
and with courage and with the ability to take action. Um, your ability to defend who you are and how you express yourself is going to be enhanced. That being said, don't get too hung up on uh, your intellectual or egoic position that you get into unnecessary conflicts about defending your turf and who you are. If you make sure that what you are defending is worth defending. There are some fights that are worth fighting and there are other fights that are just needless drama. So see if you can discern between the two of those things this week. Um, there's going to be some really nice positive testimonies from Jupiter coming in this week too. So there's probably, um, this week ahead looks pretty, pretty good, pretty nice, pretty, pretty easy compared to some other weeks we've been going through. Although I will say this, Mercury is going to be moving through the last stages of cancer as it moves forward. And uh, another dignity that we haven't discussed a ton is called bounds and boundaries. And that's a five-fold division of uh, a sign that has another planetary ruler. I know it's a lot of rulers to keep straight. There's a, there's a, lot, of, um, there's a lot of voices in the room of a cosmic courtroom, right? If we consider it like a Congress, right? There's a lot of opinions that have to be taken into account. And the interesting thing about the last bound uh, degrees of Mercury is that it's Saturn ruled. And this is, this is true for most of the planets. Well, for all of the planets is that the final degrees of a sign are ruled by either Mars or Saturn, which are the two malefics. So there may be some difficulty when a sign is, or a planet is moving through the last stages of a sign. That's why we see that there, there's a little bit of you know, conflict that comes up generally when we, when we have a planet moving through that. It might not as be as easy or as smooth as some of the uh, other degrees of that sign. So keep an eye on that. That means that our communications may take on a little bit of a serious tone and we may be starting to communicate some of the limits and boundaries that we have in our life because it's, it's, it's Saturn. We're going to be communicating uh, sort of the Saturnian um, section of that Cancerian sign. So it may be limits and boundaries that you may feel within the family within the domestic sphere, within whatever group that you have a shared sense of roots or purpose with. So that may be something that comes up this week as well. Okay. Let's move on to the chart. What do you say? Okay. I've got my screen up here and we are looking at Monday, August 5th. And the beginning of our week, we like to talk about the phase that the moon is in. Um, we talk about any of the major aspects and conditions that the planets are having. And then we like to do a little tour of the aspects that the moon is making throughout uh, the week. And the first couple of things we notice in our chart here is that the moon is in uh, a crescent phase. So here we have the distance between the sun and the moon being 45 degrees to 90 degrees ahead of the sun and that is called the crescent phase and that's the phase right after the new moon where we get the new impulses and the new triggers for whatever the themes are that we're going to be working through for the next moon cycle and that happens from zero to 45 degrees in the eightfold system there are different divisions of how we think about moon cycles um, but this is an eightfold one that, that Dane Rudyard and, and Demetra George have, have popularized and uh, this crescent phase is when we've gotten the new impulse and we are 
starting to figure out how to mobilize the resources necessary to bring whatever we've been inspired to do into reality. So this, the theme that we talk about is the, the process of overcoming inertia. So the first couple days of this week are going to be about struggling away from the inertia of the new start, um, mobilizing the resources to move in a, in a forward direction, and, and finding perse- perseverance and focus. Uh, and, and that's something that was going to be uh, supported by this Libra moon because we're going to have a, a nice little sextile. And of course, sextiles are of the nature of Venus. So that is Venus as a supportive, uh, the lesser benefic. So we're going to have a nice supportive aspect between the moon and the sun and all of the other planets in Leo uh, for the beginning of the week here. So this may be a time where partnership takes, uh, takes some precedence. It may be a time to find win-win situations in the new project that you may be starting or the new, uh, the new area of life that has been given that energetic impulse from the, from the new moon cycle. And uh, that's going to be the beginning of our week. Now, a couple things, a couple conditions I want to, to make you aware of before we move forward is Venus is going to be very close to the sun. She is moving into her Kazemi, uh, which is a, her conjunction with the sun on the 14th of August, so in about a week or so. Uh, and while she is close to the sun, she has a, um, a condition called uh, being under the beams or combust. And that is a little bit of a weakening of the planet. Uh, that, that's when this planet is within 15 degrees of the sun and on either side. And when we get too close to the king, uh, the ancient authors uh, thought that he got kind of angry. It's like, you, you know, you can be at, sit at the table with the king, but you need to keep your distance, you know. Um, you can't get too close to the authority figure. It gets, it gets too hot and you get burned. Uh, so Venus is, is having a little bit of trouble right now being under the beams. Her significations are hidden. So if we were go, to go out at night and try to look in the sky, we wouldn't be able to see Venus in the, in the night sky. And she wouldn't be visible under those, those sunbeams in the very early morning hours. Uh, so if like you can see here, this is around dawn. And when the sun's rising, it's totally blocking out uh, the light of Venus and also the light of Mars. So we, we have a, a combustion for both Venus and Mars. So all of these Venus-Mars kind of things are going on behind the scenes. So if you're trying to bring Venus things out into the open, if you're trying to take action with uh, Venus-ruled areas of your life right now, which include uh, harmonization, which include aesthetics, uh, balance, um, you know, creating beauty. It may be, they may need uh, some time. They may be, be cooking in the, the soup needs to simmer a little bit longer. And it may be that you're doing these things behind the scenes. And I think if you let go of the frustration of having to have everything come out into the open, you're going to work with this energy a lot, a lot easier. Uh, and, you know, Mars is in the mix here too. So Mars is kind of bringing some heat to the, to the table. Um, it's, accentuating our need to to take authority to be independent uh, to express who we are and it may trigger some questions of pride along the way too i think it's important that when you are uh, working through uh, leo issues that it's important not to get too haughty about it it's not important not to get too attached to your own viewpoint um, it's important to express yourself and to be special and leo Leo placements want to be selective and special. 
but I think the, the true essence of leadership is serving your community and the people that you are in leadership of. And always the best kings were the benevolent kings that were, took the uh, community that they were serving into account. Um, the despots, the ones that were the, the, um, the very tyrannical kings were the ones that were self-serving. And I think that's something really important to keep in mind this week is are you going to be the tyrannical self-serving type of leader or are you going to be the benevolent king who is uh, always thinking about how your leadership is going to be in service of a grander ideal? And uh, that grander ideal can be, it can be humble. It doesn't have to be like this big grandiose thing, um, but it, it should be service-based is what I, what I think. Um, this is something that I, this is, Whenever we tell, tell people this, you're telling this to yourself too. I'm, I'm a Leo ascendant. Uh, so, I mean, I can get a little puffed up a little every once in a while. And, I, and then the universe will keep knocking me down a peg. And I have to recognize that what I'm doing and shining my light is in service of some greater good and greater ideal. And that's a universal theme that we're all kind of working through now. All right. So that's one of the uh, conditions that we're seeing. The other condition is Venus is uh, said to be in a, in a con- condition of calasis with the sun, and that's when it's within three degrees. And that's a, uh, uh, a technical term um, that talks about bonding and merging. So Venus and the sun are really, they're really tight right now. They're merging. They're, our identity is very wrapped up in our Venusian uh, desire to create beauty and harmony within the world. Um, so those those two things are married right now. They are in a um, the throes of passion, so to speak. So keep that in mind. Um, and the Kazemi moment for for Mars is going to be happening uh, in the in early uh, September. So we're getting a a, a new um, Mars cycle that's going to be coming pretty soon too. Now here's one really cool thing. I've been kind of studying this, and forgive me if I make a mistake but the superior planets make a conjunction from this direction okay in the clockwise primary motion so you can see that mars is kind of moving into its conjunction from kind of that evening star position right and these inferior uh planets that those that are inside the orbit of the sun Mercury and Venus, um, they make two types of conjunctions, an inferior and a superior conjunction, which means they will come from zodiacal, a zodiacal direction here and from the primary motion when they are retrograde. So what we're seeing now is Venus is direct in motion, so she is going to be making a superior conjunction. And if I'm not mistaken, this is sort of like a full moon uh, type of phase in the process of the synodic cycle of Venus. Um, she would be completely reborn um, in the inferior conjunction if she was moving retrograde. Now, we are seeing, we did see that recently with Mercury. Mercury made its inferior conjunction. I know these are technical terms, but it makes a difference. And Mercury was reborn, and now we've got baby Mercury that's moving away from the sun and growing in strength and growing up into a a fine young lad um, for this cycle. And Venus is, is kind of a, we've got kind of a strong, mature Venus right now that is going to be making this, this conjunction and kind of uh, hearkening back to 
when she made her last inferior conjunction, which I believe, I believe that was the last retrograde when Venus was in Scorpio in November. Don't hold me to that. You can look it up. I should probably have looked it up. But I think that was when the beginning of this particular cycle happened. Uh, so, so keep your eyes out for uh, themes that harken back to that fall time when the, the beginning of the cycle happened. You may see a full moon type of energy happening with that. All right. And the interesting dichotomy with that is that uh, Mars is going to be making its inferior conjunction in direct motion. So Mars is direct, but this actually is the beginning of the Mars cycle because there is no retrograde of Mars where it makes a conjunction with the sun. When Mars goes retrograde, Mars is over here somewhere. It goes retrograde. It's still moving in this direction. Okay. So when that's what we see with Jupiter, Jupiter, when Jupiter was over here, okay, it started retrograding and then it still is going in this direction. And that's some sort of scientific trick. I can't explain all the science behind it, but I can see it in the chart. And that's uh, the most important thing for me as an astrologer. Um, if you're more uh, scientifically inclined, uh, put a comment down there in the box for me and help me out. Um, but what you could see here is that at the uh, first trine, the, the planet went retrograde. And now, uh, like Jupiter is going to be going direct at the second trine. And as it moves forward in the, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm forward here, it's going to be making its superior, I'm sorry, so many different ways to, to describe this. We've got inferior conjunctions of superior planets, <laughs> right? I think that's what we've got here with Mars is an inferior conjunction or just the conjunction because we're not really uh, differentiating Okay, of a superior planet, which is Mars, and it is going to be being reborn in the sign of Virgo. So we're going to get a really interesting um, boost in the Virgo area of our chart uh, and actions that we can take in the Virgo-ruled um, sphere. So take a look at where Virgo is in your chart and prepare yourself for a new beginning. I happen to have this in my second house, finances, so maybe I will prepare to make some more money in September, one can only hope. Or mobilize resources towards, uh, you know, figuring out how to support yourself a little better. And just, to, you know, to give you a little heads up, I'm, I've got a, a class that I'm planning out right now um, where I'm designing uh, a, a game-based class that I'm going to be offering in the fall. Uh, just a little sneak peek with that where it's very interactive. I want to do an interactive class where we learn uh, traditional astrology through interacting with one another and taking, doing a little astro drama and taking on the roles of the planets and then communicating like we're in our own cosmic courtroom uh, and really embodying the energy of the planet. And uh, that's something that's still in development. I'm working on that and it should be offered pretty soon. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I think it may be an in-person class first, um, but if you are interested in that and you want me to develop it for an offering online, let me know in the comment section below and I will, I will get to work on it. I'd really like to respond to the, the needs of my uh, milieu, so to speak, and it's really nice getting feedback from all of you to, to know what, what you think would be good. Um, I've noticed at these astrology conferences that I've been going to that uh, when we created opportunities for interaction, 
um, that created a, a really positive, um, really positive vibe with with the astrological community. And a lot of the the best memories that I think I made and a lot of my colleagues made were when we played this game at, at the Glock conference, Cards Against Astrology. It was a lot of fun. I think a lot of times when we're learning, we get talked at quite a bit. And we, I, I want to balance that out. Um, there are plenty of good things where you can watch a video and take a class and read a book. And I, of course, want to incorporate that into what I do. Uh, but I also want to have that kind of human interaction with you. And um, that's just something we're losing a little bit of as we move forward. Uh, we even interact online and the human quality is, is sort of lacking a little bit. And anytime we can incorporate that back into our life, I think it's going to feel very um, balancing refreshing and fulfilling. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Back to the forecast. <laughs> Shameless plug over, okay? Uh, but circling back around to my point is that is an example of Mars right now getting ready to be reborn with its conjunction with the sun. So there may be something like that in the Virgo area of your life uh, that will help you to make a new start at the beginning of September. So I think it's important for the last few weeks of August here is really get your ducks in a row. Get prepared to be able to take action out in the world and be, be prepared for a, a new detailed type of earthy practical offering. Okay, uh, And that is going to look very different for different people, but it's all going to be happening within that, that, that sphere of the beginning stages of the sign of Virgo. Okay, so that is the conditions of the planets. Let's start taking a look at the aspects that we're experiencing. All right, so Monday is looking like a fairly decent beginning of the day. We've got a series of supportive sextiles, which are the, of the nature of Venus, uh, in the morning. So the moon is going to be making sextile to uh, Venus, the sun, and retrograde Jupiter uh, very early in the morning for Venus, um, you know, a little bit kind of at the beginning of our uh, coffee, coffee break in the morning, not break, but just our morning coffee at about 6.30, it's going to be sextiling to the sun. And then at about 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, it's going to be making a, a sextile to retrograde Jupiter. Uh, so the morning may be a, a time to gather support, uh, to to get get your um, get your friends uh, mobilized for and get them excited for the projects that you're working on, and try to figure out how to have the the morning will be supported for having conversations that you need to communicate and reach out for help. If you need help, I would say do it in the morning of uh, the fifth. Uh, towards the afternoon, as we get a little bit later in the day, the moon is going to be making a square to retrograde Saturn. It's going to be making a square to Pluto in the evening. And then very late in the evening, it's going to be making a sextile to Mars. So as we go through the day, it may be a little bit more challenging. You may come across some of the limitations. Uh, you know, if I annotate this here in my chart, you can see that the moon is going to be making this sextile here. All right, to all the Leo planets as we move forward. You can see it's going to hit at 10 degrees, 12 degrees, and 21 degrees later in the day, right? Um, and then it's going to be making this uh, sextile in this direction to Jupiter. And then we're going to see the square 
as we move forward to 15 degrees to Saturn and then the square to Pluto uh, later in the day. Um, yeah, every, every joint venture, uh, every project that you need help with is going to come across some challenges. So I think that, that the advice I like to give during the Libra, new moon, or the Libra moon cycles in general is use your uh, ability to communicate in a, in a harmonious way. Uh, try to create win-win situations. Try to see the other person's perspective and put your good listening ears on. Uh, if you want help, you have to be able to listen to the advice that is given to you. So try not to be too stubborn about it and, and open yourself up to receive. I think that's a really good way to think about this particular uh, beginning of the week moon cycle is you need, if you want the good stuff in life, you gotta, you know, you don't have to be an island. A lot of the times Leos and Leo energy planets and people who have Leo placements think they have to do everything themselves. And uh, I'm very guilty of this. I, it's hard, sometimes hard for me to open up to help. And uh, you can make things harder for yourself if you do that. And if you are attached to only your own ideas and, you know, like, I ran into an artist at a festival that I was working this weekend that uh, did some astrologically themed work and um, really talented, really talented artist and might be looking forward to some sort of collaboration with her. And I think that uh, when you team up with people, um, if it's the right type of relationship and the, the energy is good between you, you can achieve far more than you could by yourself. And I, I think that's one of the things to keep in mind at the beginning of the week. Okay. As we move into Tuesday, let's move into Tuesday here. I'm going to go forward a day. Okay, now we're at Tuesday. And we're going to be still in our crescent phase uh, of the moon. But the moon is going to be moving out of the sign of Libra and into Scorpio. Um. And that's really the biggest thing of the day. We've got a couple challenging aspects that the moon is making. Very, very early in the morning, 3.36 uh, a.m., the moon is going to be squaring Mercury at 25 degrees of Cancer and Libra. So, I mean, if you're, I'm probably going to be sleeping at this time, but if you're in a different time zone, there may be a little bit of a challenging conversation that comes up. Uh, remember, Mercury is in the bounds of Saturn right now. So there may be some limitations that you have to discuss with whoever you're teaming up with, and there may be some details that uh, may be a little bit difficult to, to parse out. But this is a, a very uh, brief transit, and anytime the moon is making uh, a, a transit, it doesn't generally last very long. These are more like hiccups along the path, uh, whereas when we have a slower-moving planet, of course, the moon moves very quickly. When we have a slower-moving planet, then we can feel that, a lot, a lot longer, um, and the influence is, is more of a slow burn, whereas these are some quick hits that may be just little events that crop up throughout the day. Uh, so after the moon moves into Scorpio, it's going to be making an opposition at six degrees, okay? At about 10.55 p.m., it's going to be making an opposition with Uranus or Uranus, or Uranus, or however you want to say it. And of course, oppositions are of the nature of Saturn. 
whereas the squares are of the nature of Mars. See how Mars is like a quick hitter? Those squares are like quick hitters here. You know, this is a little bit of a, a slower burn, um, but of course it's, it's not going to last too long. But there, anytime we're getting Uranus triggered in the, the chart, uh, we've got questions of how we are um, dealing with our resources and dealing with um, the practical uh, growth-orientated systems within our life uh, with Uranus being in Taurus right now. So there may be some sort of conflict that you run into with how you are managing your resources. Um, Scorpio is about merging and, and sharing resources, so there may be a conflict that comes up with uh, who has what and who, who owns this, who owns that. There, there may be a, a little bit of a, a challenge in the Scorpio and Taurus axis of your chart. Okay, There may be a little bit of a push and a pull like in this Leo chart that we have, there may be some action going on in your home life and your domestic sphere that is making it a little bit challenging to take action out in the world uh, and in the public sphere, which would be the 10th house here in this particular Leo chart. And this would be true for like your, oh, I don't know, fifth house versus 11th house if you were, uh, if this was happening over the sign of the Cancer Capricorn axis, then you'd see this conflict between the groups that you are part of and the uh, wanting to self-express. Okay, um, and eventually, I, it, you know, if if I hear enough feedback on it, I will try to do a, an individualized um, rising sign horoscope briefly, uh, or you can, you can schedule a reading with me and stuff like that. Uh, if there's any feedback on uh, subscription-based services too, I've seen a lot of astrologers out there saying, here, I'm going to give you this, this free thing, like this hour and a half video that I do for free. Um, and then they do a little bit more in-depth thing via subscription-based thing. And I'm kicking around that idea too. Uh, as astrologers, we, you know, we're trying to make a living doing this too. And, and um, it is nice to feel that financial support too. Uh, Instagram likes and, and sharing is also very appreciated, but um, us astrologers got bills to pay too. <laughs> so, but trying to find the best way to do that and the, the way that works the best for your clients and customers as well. Um, I think that, you know, he, like hearing that feedback as to what type of models people will be willing to support is, is always welcome. So leave me a comment on, on what you think about that. Uh, so that's going to be our Tuesday. Uh, of course, the moon, when it moves into Scorpio, is losing a little bit of uh, dignity. It's going to be in a position called its fall, okay? Fall, or its depression. And this was thought of as fall. Uh, being at the bottom of the totem pole here, or at the bottom of the Wheel of Fortune, let's say this chart here that I'm looking at is the Wheel of Fortune and it keeps continuing to spin. And sometimes you are at the top and you are honored in a place of esteem and then you're here in a place of equality, perhaps. And here you're at the bottom of the totem pole or you're at the bottom of the wheel that keeps on spinning. And you may not be uh, very res getting the respect that you deserve. You may not be able to take action out in the world uh, with autonomy or things like that. And that's where our moon is for uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, maybe moving into Thursday. There may be some difficulty um, either with your body 
the moon rules the body. There may be some, some physical complaints that come up with that. Uh, there may be um, some challenges within your domestic sphere that make it a little bit difficult. Uh, there may be things that are hearkening back to the Leo-ruled area of your chart because, of course, Scorpio is ruled by Mars and hosted by Mars. So there's a connection between what Mars is doing in your chart and where the moon is uh, with, with the moon and Scorpio. Um, so think about that. Uh, recognize that when a planet is in its fall, there's nowhere to go but up. So you may be at the bottom of the, the wheel right now, but it'll, it'll pass. This too shall pass. And there are always uh, opportunities to humble ourselves gracefully and to um, figure out that, you know, it's not always, we don't always have to be on top. And that's, a, that's healthy. You know, if, if all we do is win every single day, all I do is win. Uh, <laughs> we may get a little bit of an unrealistic perspective and think that that's just gonna, the way it's going to be every single day and all the time. And I, I just don't think that that is the case. I think winning sometimes is great. And I enjoy a, a metaphorical win, so to speak. But life is, a, is a, about wins and losses. It's about growth and decay. It's about cycles. And if you really take that seriously and take that into account, um, you're going to navigate your life much more gracefully. Think of the, the down cycles as an opportunity to go internal, to reconnect with your spirit, uh, to, to release things that need to be released so that you are freed up for the next cycle of growth. Um, we just have a real problem as human, uh, human beings with, with the cycles of decay. I think especially in Western civilization, we, we've gotten to a point in our history where we're about grow, 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 grow. And I'm, I'm here to tell you with my astrologer brain that uh, we have pushed the limits of our growth, I think. Uh, as a as a planet, as a society, as a a human species, I do think that this is a a time of consolidation, of decay, and of mm, releasing some things so that we can have a healthy new start. And that doesn't mean that it's just all decay and destruction all the time. It just means that that we have to balance out releasing and letting go if we want to keep the, um, the metaphorical nutrients in the soil, so to speak. We're seeing this all over the world where we're, we're planting crops over and over and over again. We're not letting the earth rest. We're not letting the weeds grow. Here's the thing. When weeds grow and they go back to the earth, they add nutrients to the soil. If we're weeding everything out, we're trying to make everything this like you know efficient, productive, let's just grow crops 24-7, 365 days a year, that soil never gets to rest. And the product that you get out of it is much less able to sustain you. And I think that this is something that we have to really kind of, as a human species, start to come to terms with is that we got to get okay with letting go of things every once in a while. And that, you know, we have, sometimes we are in a cycle of growth and sometimes we're in a cycle of decay. And it's not bad. It's not evil. It's not f always fun. But I like Marie Kondo. You know, I like the, her vibe on this. It's like make it a magical spiritual practice to let go of stuff. Bless the things that you're letting go of. Make it make it ritualized, uh, and so that 
it's not like this, oh, what am I losing? It's like, no, what am I clearing the decks for, for that new start? And be grateful for that uh, period um, of release. Because really, there's liberation in that, okay? Um, soapbox, over. <laughs> like Every once in a while, I'll get up there and be like, hey, spirit, spirit children, <laughs> like, mommy's got a message for you. <laughs> like, sorry. I'm still figuring this this stuff out. So uh, I just if something pops into my brain now, I'm gonna share it. Uh, the filters are are a little bit off. The gloves are off, right? So that's Wednesday. Um, well, as we move into Wednesday, we're still experiencing that Scorpio uh, moon, and we're gonna be moving into the first quarter phase. And the first quarter phase is when we have the moon is 90 to 135 degrees ahead of the sun. So you could see here, we've got a 230 degree section, so it's just 60 degrees, right? We've got 15 degrees here, which is uh, what? Let me do some math in my brain. 75 degrees, and then we got, add 10 to that, it's about 85, and as the uh, moon moves through Scorpio, it's gonna hit that 90 degree okay, point which if you're familiar with aspects, that's the square, okay? So at the first quarter, we're experiencing a square between the sun and the moon. And that is a crisis point. That's, of course, of the nature of Mars. And first quarter moon phases are about getting some feedback on the things that you're trying to mobilize and potentially running into a challenge. And what are you going to do to get past that? challenge. Um, there's a heroic energy associated with the first quarter moon phase, uh, according to Demetra George's book, Astrology and the Authentic Self. How are you going to be the hero and defend your turf or, or put your energy out there and help bring into being, into form, that which is begging to be born? Uh, the birthing process is not always easy. Uh, there are labor pains. I think that this, the first quarter moon phase and the square are kind of the labor pains of bringing things into being. If it was easy, we wouldn't get the satisfaction of victory in the end, right? Uh, so again, it's easier if you welcome the challenges and say, this is just part of the journey. This is just part of the cycle. Uh, so what we are doing, um, I think with these, the moon and Scorpio, we may have a, a, a little bit of a crisis associated with the urge to, to merge with others and to team up and to be bonded and the independent spirit. So there may be a little bit of like uh, independence versus codependent type of questions that come up with this. And, you know, are you going to team up with somebody? Are you going to have support on your project? Uh, and it may be that where you, um, you may run into some, some difficulties with that because you know, the Leo Scorpio dynamic, uh, it's, it's a challenging one. I've had some experience with Leo Scorpio stuff. And uh, here's what happens. If there is a conflict, uh, the Scorpionic presence wants not just an apology, but uh, a complete groveling surrender. The Leo presence or the Leo placement is, I will get on my knees for no one. And I've already said sorry with my nose up in the air and 
that's it. It was done. And <laughs> so there's like this pride that gets triggered. Um, so this is a really, um, it's a little bit of a dangerous position for both because the Leo's pride can get engaged and the Scorpionic um, kind of, you know, I don't know, the the vengeance of Scorpio can be triggered with that. And, it, and you know, Scorpio wants depth and it, it wants, um, it wants a, an ability to uh, go to the, uh, the core of things and it doesn't appreciate like leo's kind of like you know loud boisterous bombastic commanding type of thing so it, just be aware of that kind of dynamic that could come up and if you get in an argument uh try not to go to either one of those extremes uh try not to get so fixed in your pride position that you aren't able to acknowledge a mistake and try not to get too wrapped up in someone else's mistake that you demand that they completely humiliate themselves in front of you because that's not gonna that's not really supported very well right now. Accept an apology and move on. Okay, uh, that's the healthiest thing at this point. Don't don't brood over it. Don't don't get too attached to your anger, to your hurt, or to your emotional wound. Okay, uh, we're gonna see a trine from the Sun to Jupiter at three thirty one a.m. This is fun. All right. So we have beyond that square between the, the moon and the sun, the positive aspect of the day is this beautiful sun Jupiter trine at about 14 degrees of the fire signs there. And of course, we talked about this earlier. Jupiter is about to turn direct. Whenever you see a superior planet, Saturn, Jupiter, or Mars uh, making a trine to the sun, it's either about to go retrograde or about to turn direct. And this is a, a, a very important position. This is 120 degrees behind the sun where there may be some sort of uh, Jupiterian type appearance that happens in your life. There may be a, some really good news may start coming to you or some, something related to expansion in your life. Uh, this, is a, this is a positive appearance, I think. And yes, we have this square between the sun and the moon. Um, but we've got some real nice support for the the, the Leo part of it um, from from Jupiter. Uh, of course, the, the the moon and Jupiter at this point are in a condition of aversion. So I would say it'd be much better supported uh, for shining your light out there rather than trying to get somebody to like, you know, apologize to you if they wronged you you know i think i think the way that i would handle this this is this is totally my leo rising speaking though because um i'm biased <laughs> but uh become regal uh say you know what i'm just if you're if you're getting the tr the scorpionic part of you is getting triggered you know say well that's not working out for me but i'm not going to stoop to the level of you know a low blow rise above it transcend it move along with your day and and learn to love yourself and i think that will get you through this more difficult placement here okay uh the moon is also going to be making uh a sextile to saturn and a trine to neptune later on in the day so it, there is a supportive aspect between the moon and saturn a sextile here and then it's going to be making this nice trine to Neptune at 18 degrees 
Okay. So we may come, you know, able to figure out what our boundaries are within these conversations that we're having. And then we may get into a little bit of, of a dreamy, um, you know, type of uh, internal visionary state when the moon hits Neptune later on in the day. All right. On Thursday, the 8th, let's clear this up. Moving forward. Um, okay, Thursday, August 8th, uh, the moon is going to be moving from Scorpio into Sagittarius in the late afternoon at about 4.30. So we still have that moon in the fall for the most of the day, but we're going to get a little bit of a reprieve from that heavier emotional energy. Um, we may, you know, come out of our funk. We may like stop brooding and say, you know what, I'm tired of ruminating on this old emotional junk. It's time to move forward. It's time to take a walk. It's time to just uh, be a little bit more positive and have faith that the situation is going to work out. Uh, and we're still going through that first quarter phase. So it's going to be, you know, we may be starting to figure out how to become the hero after we, you know, experience the, the challenge. Um, I want to give you a little, a little anecdotal thing. I think that's interesting about the, the Leo Scorpio type of thing too. Uh, yesterday, I had a really interesting aspect in my chart. Mars is my time lord, my Hellenistic time lord. It's activated. So I watch the transits of Mars for the, for the year, uh, from my birthday to my birthday. And um, Mars was exactly conjoining my ascendant and squaring uh, my natal Uranus in the fourth house. So it was a first house, fourth house square, okay, with the Leo-Scorpio axis. Okay. And <laughs> I'd done this like, um, I'd been out at this festival doing readings all day and I'd been out in the sun and I was kind of charged up and I was like, you know, been, being Leo and social all day. And I came home to water my plant at home. Okay. And I picked up the, it's a big uh, peace lily plant and it's got a big uh, ceramic pot. And I picked it up by the edge of it and I picked it up like, and, and the whole thing crumbled in my hand and just like spilled an enormous amount of soil everywhere and covered my books and things like that. So I was like, I was, I was marsing out. I was hulking out and like it hit, it hit Uranus in the chart here and just exploded everything. Uh, and I had to clean up things that were in my house and it was, uh, it was pretty funny. I thought, I thought it was, as I was doing it, I was, it wasn't like, I wasn't excited that I had to spend an hour cleaning this up, but I had to laugh at the astrology of it, um, of just this thing just exploding in my hand. I mean, it's not, it's not like, uh, it, was a it looked like a pretty sturdy pot too, but a piece of it just broke off and the whole thing just exploded. So interesting little uh, aspectual dynamic there of a Time Lord meeting up with a natal planet placement. Um, so keep an eye on your Hellenistic Time Lords. And if you want more information about that, I'd be happy to look at your Time Lord for the year with a private reading. Um, so on Thursday, we're going to be seeing that, that moon moving into Sagittarius over the course of the day. And we're going to see an aspect, a sextile aspect to Pluto very, very early in the morning with the Scorpio moon to Pluto. Uh, the moon's going to be squaring Mars uh, at about 5.16 a.m. on Thursday with Scorpio and Leo. Okay, so there's some early morning tension in that, in that access again. Um, or whatever tension you've been experiencing 
with that that square here is going to maybe come to a head too in the very early hours uh, and start moving past it um, throughout the day on Thursday, which is Jupiter's day. And then the moon is going to be making a nice trine uh, to Mercury, okay, at 26 degrees of the water signs. And that, of course, is of the nature of Jupiter. So there may be a, a harmonious relationship between your ability to communicate your feelings uh, and in the domestic sphere and your ability to be courageous and be the protector type of person. Um, so that's happening at 10.58 a.m. Eastern Time. And then in the evening, we're going to be experiencing the second part of our beautiful trine energy to Jupiter. And this time, Venus takes her turn making a trine to Venus. This is actually, these are, these are nice aspects this week. When you have the sun uh, in its own home sign of Leo uh, making a nice trine, and then we have Venus making a trine to Jupiter that both benefics in play. The only problem I see with this is, is Venus is under the beams, so that, that's, she's not in the greatest shape. So I think that one of the challenges with this is that it may, you may, your energy, your get up and go may not be super great. Uh, you may just want to like bask in the relaxing glory of a, a Venus-Jupiter trine um, where you just are, uh, there may be a, a tendency towards a little bit of, of lethargy and laziness with this placement where you just want to sit around and indulge yourself. And I will, I'll allow a little bit of that. <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll give you permission. <laughs> like you need my permission for any of this. But what I would say is just be, be aware that you can overdo it with that, with that connection. Um, but this may also coincide with just some really nice energy um, with, uh, you know, with the Venus ruled stuff in your chart where it's getting a nice boost from Jupiter. Um, that's going to be a pleasant kind of thing. This may be a nice time for, you know, taking that late summer vacation and kind of relaxing and heading out to the beach or the, or the forest or some kind of natural space and just soaking it in. Okay. This is a, a, a nice aspect for, for relaxation and just enjoying your life a little bit. Okay. Because Lord knows that we've been experiencing enough trauma and, and turmoil over the summer. We need a little bit of a recharge uh, before we you know, get back to school and get back to work and do all these, these things that we're going to be doing when Virgo season hits. So take a little bit of time out, do something fun Thursday or through the weekend, uh, and that may be supported this week as well. Okay, that, that perfects or becomes exact at a, a roughly 4.30 on Thursday evening. Um, let's see. Mars is going to be in his own bounds uh, around that point and have dignity by face. So that's two dignities Mars is going to be having. And Mars is in its own boundaries or terms, uh, according to the Egyptian uh, system, from 24 degrees Leo to 30, to 30 degrees Leo. So that area, this final area of the zodiac is going to be Mars ruled. And, and a bound ruler is like somebody who's setting the agenda or setting the rules so Mars is kind of playing by his own rules right now. So the actions that you're able to take aren't going to be impeded by asking for permission, really, from anybody else. So it, it may be a great time to move forward with some of your plans, too. Um, so that's Thursday. Let's look at the weekend. Uh, Friday. On Friday, August 9th. Sun is in Sag uh, moon is in Sagittarius. Uh, 
sitting at the table with Jupiter. This is a, Friday looks like a nice day. Oh my goodness. You've got the moon making a uh, conjunction with a stationing Jupiter, um, bringing about positive feelings and getting you getting you jump started and feeling a little bit of excitement for that new start that you're going to make when Jupiter uh, goes direct in like two days. Um, and then uh, the moon is going to be trining Venus. So we've got a Venus trine and a uh, conjunction with the greater benefic Jupiter. So this is like a, a benefic day. Uh, we're having the moon. Moon is making contacts with all this good stuff. The only challenge I, I, I guess I warned you against is just the, you know, Mercury's still in the bounds of Saturn. So there's still maybe some challenging communication stuff. But you know what? That's one planet out of, you know, many right now uh, that are in this positive action orientated element of fire. Uh, and this is the only like watery placement here. Um, we do have a little bit of Earth stuff going on, but. This sounds like a, a fairly pleasant day to me, um, depending on what's going on in your chart. But the general vibe is going to be um, positive. It's going to be uh, harmonizing. And it will be, I think, a good time for a good time. Okay. As we move into Saturday, still experiencing the last vestiges of the first quarter phase of the moon, um, we're going to see the moon making a trine to the sun very early in the day. I move forward again. Oops. No, I don't want to share that. No. Hold on. I lost my share. There we go. You can see it again, hopefully. Uh, we're going to see the, the trine happening from the moon to the sun. Another affirmation of that Leo commanding type of energy. Okay. And then we're going to see a square to Neptune very early in the morning at about 18 degrees of Pisces when the moon moves to 18 degrees past that uh, conjunction with, with Neptune and everything. Um, hold on. There we go. There's Saturday. You can see that the moon is starting to move past and it's making that, that square. Uh, this is a, an aspect that we have been experiencing um, fairly regularly over the last few months um, because you know at any time we hit either Gemini moon or Sagittarius moon um, we're going to be seeing this square uh, happening where either our, our thoughts and our mindset may be coming into a contact with the illusionary qualities of Neptune or our actions may be uh, a little bit <laughs> not rooted in reality so just whenever the moon hits Neptune there just be very careful that either you're not thinking too grandiose uh, with the Gemini moon or taking actions uh, that will ha have you knocked out the next couple of days. This is like an aspect where you're like, yeah, let's go hiking. Let's go hiking for like 20 miles. And you're not used to hiking that much. And then you're sore for the next day and stuff like that because you're just so enthusiastic about it and you may not know what your limits are. Okay. In the evening, we have a, a trine with Mars. So the actions are going to be supported. Uh, you may, if you figure out what your limitations are and you can work within them, it's probably a decent afternoon to kind of go and, and, and do something 
Whereas the sun is commanding action, Mars likes to take the action. As we move into Sunday, we're going to lose some dignity um, with the moon. Okay. All right. So for the last day, we see that the moon's moved into Capricorn and it is now in a condition called exile or it's, uh, oh, what is the other one? It's, well, it's debilitated. I had another word for it, but it's in its exile. It's detriment. There it is. Thank you, brain. It's in its detriment. Um, so what does that mean? Well, the moon is in the sign of or in the domicile or the temple, Saturn. And the moon is, of course, associated with being one of the lights. And Saturn is associated with darkness. So we're, we're, our, our light is kind of dimmed when the moon is in Capricorn. Um, cancer, the sign that the moon rules, is very nurturing, very growth-orientated, very kind of, it's got some zigzaggy energy. Uh, it's, it's falling to the whims of how it feels. Whereas Capricorn is very up the mountain, one step at a time. It's a little bit detached. And it may not be functioning as well because, you know, we're trying to do like nurturing, but we're like, okay, I've got a plan. I've got a structure it's got to work within. It's, it's a little bit of the uh, conditional love. And I think that, that sometimes that becomes an issue with Capricorn Moon. Um, I've had many clients in the past who had this natal placement and they had mothers, which was associated with the moon, that kind of their love was conditional. They were, they were um, not the most nurturing or warm mothers, and uh, they had a lack of some of that unconditional love that they desired. And that makes it difficult for them as, as adults to sort of engage with that type of energy themselves. They're, they can be very stern with themselves. And... Um, so that's something to keep, keep an eye out for when, when we get into this Capricorn moon phase is try not to be too stern with either yourself or others um, because your nurturing instincts might not be functioning at, at their highest potential at that point. The, the good news is, is that the moon is sitting at the table with its host Saturn. So there may be a way where you can set some limits and boundaries within the domestic sphere or within, you know, with your kids or something like that. And that will be supported on that day. Um, just, just don't be too much of a, a hard ass about it, I guess. Um, so that's with the moon going into Capricorn. Of course, the moon does gain some dignity by triplicity in the evening, uh, which means that it will have com some communal support. So it may be a good time to, to reach out to your community, to set some boundaries and, and create some new structures within the groups that you're a part of. Or you may have some wind in your sails with the Capricorn area of your chart where you are helping to create some consensus around, amongst your, 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 your group or your, your support system. Now, what else is going on that day? A couple of really fun things. And here's our last things for the, for the week. Thank you for sticking with me. Um, I always appreciate it when you make it to an end of a video with me. I tend to be long-winded. I like to kind of do the, the longer video instead of just doing a bunch of videos, a little bit pieces during the week. And I know that's probably not the way that people consume uh, content these days, but uh, this, this format sort of works better for me at this point. Maybe I'll change it up in the future, but thank you for, for listening um, as long as you do when you, when you make it to the end of the videos with me. So here's a couple of things that are happening. Uh, the, the 
Jupiter is direct. You see that turn from red to black on my chart here? That is at, a, at roughly 9.38 a.m. Oh, it says 7.15. This is Monday. That's why I went, I went forward a day. Sorry. At roughly uh, 9.38 a.m. There we go. Uh, that says 10.15 here, but you get the idea. Jupiter is now direct. How happy day. So the greater benefic is going to be even more powerful than he would have been when he was retrograde. And of course, the, the retrograde versus direct motion of the planet um, is associated with primary and secondary motion in a chart. Primary motion being the diurnal motion going clockwise, and the secondary motion being zodiacal moving through the signs. And when a planet is retrograde, it is kind of being swept along by the diurnal motion, which was associated with the sun and the, the divine or the realm of the, the one. So this is kind of like when a planet is retrograde, it doesn't really have the power of its own will anymore. It has to s submit to the divine will. Now, when it goes by zodiacal motion, it is uh, kind of related to the realm of fortune and the lunar kind of uh, motion. Um, this is the realm of fortune where things come into be and pass away. And it has more of its own will, its own planetary will. So Jupiter's will, now not being so subsumed by the divine will, is able to bring things into form. So we're going to see Jupiter things being able to manifest a lot easier in the realm of fortune, which is this realm that we live in, uh, the earth, uh, being human beings, having a spiritual experience in a meat suit body. Okay? Uh, so we're going to see things associated with the Jupiter Jupiter ruled areas of your chart, uh, which is Sagittarius and Pisces, um, being able to manifest into form easier now that Jupiter is direct, and that is good news. Uh, well, it is just news, I guess. Uh, as human beings, we're probably going to experience it as good, and we may enjoy it because we like good news rather than bad news. I just got done telling you though that sometimes the letting go and the and the more challenging, difficult things, it's an opportunity to build character and to set yourself up for the, the different cycle. Um, but, hey, we all like having some treats every once in a while, and Jupiter should be bringing you some, some decent stuff uh, with its direct motion. Um, the other thing that's happening, the moon is going to be trining uh, Uranus from at 6 degrees Capricorn to 6 degrees uh, of Taurus. You can see that here. A positive testimony between the moon, uh, the lady moon, and the disruptor uh, and the innovator. I would call him more the innovator with this aspect, Uranus. So there, you may find some practical solutions to some problems that you've been going uh, around that may be a little bit innovative in the process with that trine at 1.37 p.m. Oh, there is a couple other things that are happening this day too. Let's take a look. At 3.45 p.m., I don't even think I talked about this in our, my introduction today, but our little friend Mercury is changing signs to Leo. There he is. All right. Right around, you know, four-ish in the afternoon, Eastern time. Mercury is leaving the temple of the moon, Cancer, 
and entering the domain of the sun, of the king. So Mercury is going to be gaining uh, some heat, some fire, some solar energy, some vitality, right? Uh, and it's going to be moving into that five of wands rule decan, where you may be wanting to communicate uh, your, you know, authority. Uh, and this is something where we already experienced Mercury in this position a little bit earlier in the summer before it's retrograde. So we may be revisiting some of the areas of, of, uh, that we embraced in the beginning of the summer, but now from the uh, perspective of having gone through a retrograde cycle where we're able to reevaluate a few things, to redo some stuff and make them uh, hopefully better. And uh, now we can move forward with some of the, the Leo stuff. Now, the cool thing about this, and this is something that I've been thinking about with astrology now after studying some Robert Schmidt things, is here is how this works in my brain now and in Schmidt's brain. Uh, Mercury is acting upon solar significations. So here's how this kind of works. The sun is offering up themes of authority okay of kingliness of pride of identity and mercury is going to be acting upon those significations with its essential nature and the essential nature of mercury is to communicate to destabilize okay mercury likes to contest so there may be some, a little bit of destabilization of authority figures with Mercury moving into this sign, or you may be communicating your authority a little bit differently. You may be contesting with authority at some point with this position. You may be like the, the lawyer that's arguing with the king a little bit. Not always a great idea because the king has power and the king is much stronger at this point. So be careful if you have conversations with authority figures that you don't uh, get burned. Okay, that's important. Um, and we, you know, we might be seeing a, an ability to uh, create commerce around our identity as well. So Mercury associated with commerce and with um, you know, the, the merchants, uh, we may be able to start bringing about an ability to commodify who we are and what our product is and what our vision is and what our solar light is with Mercury moving into the sign of Leo. So that's something to keep in mind with with Mercury there, and Mercury is going to get a nice boost from Jupiter now, okay? Because it's coming into a whole sign trine, so that's good. Dig that. The, other, the only other issue that we have here, really, is that it's now going to be Mercury is going to be squaring Uranus, so we may be popping off a little bit uh, in unexpected ways in some of our conversations. So just be aware that those are the things that are activated now as Mercury moves into Leo. The other thing that's happening, and this is, this is lots of Leo energy. We just <laughs> raised the volume <laughs> of the Leo energy. See, this is a big stellium here. We got four visible planets. Well, these two aren't technically visible right now, but they are called the seven visible planets um, that are in Leo. Four tr traditional planets in Leo. So the Leo energy is like very loud right now, <laughs> okay? It's not, not a bad thing. It's just something to be aware of. Uh, and the last aspect of the week is Uranus moving retrograde. And this happens 
once a year. Okay. You can see as we move through the day, now Uranus is going to turn red in my chart there at six degrees. So what does that mean? Well, it means that Uranus is, is coming to its uh, closer to its trine with the sun and going and stationing retrograde. Since the Uranus is outside of the orbit of the sun, we are seeing it happen kind of near this Aries point, but the sun's going to be moving into Virgo, so that's kind of where the, the trine is happening here. It's close to that. It's not always exactly trying, or it's not always always in the same element here. So what does Uranus being retrograde mean? Well, we may be reevaluating some of the changes that we uh, have been initiating in the Taurus-ruled area of our chart. Uh, there may be some, some changes start to slow down a little bit, and we, you know, we've been progressively trying to uh, establish a whole new way of managing our resources and it may uh, really come across a, a period where you're starting to figure to ask some questions on how that's actually going to function moving forward and that is going to be retrograde until uh, ding 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 January 10th 2020 which actually coincides exactly with the Saturn Pluto conjunction at 22 degrees Capricorn interesting so we're re really reevaluating how we're going to be creating new changes in our life. And then when it moves forward again, it's going to be a, a big moment where we're moving forward with some of the, the Uranian uh, impulses to change uh, right when that Saturn-Pluto conjunction is going to be happening uh, around 22 degrees Capricorn. Um, so take the next uh, few months or so to really see if the new changes and the new identities that you're crafting in the Taurus-ruled area of your chart are working. Be willing to make some changes around that. If things aren't working, uh, you know, course correct. So it's an opportunity. You know, retrograde planets are, are course corrections. Um, now, Uranus is moving in the divine will, though. So the other thing to do is, in that Taurus area of your chart, let go of the oars and float downstream. Stop paddling upstream. You're not going to get where you need to go in the Uranus-ruled area or the Taurus-ruled area of your chart uh, at this point by just fighting against whatever the universe is bringing you. So the universe is going to bring you an opportunity to like submit and surrender to, to events that may be unexpected that will allow you to progressively make some changes that you'll be able to start implementing more effectively in the realm of fortune in the beginning of January. Okay, that's what I've got for this week. Looking ahead, we've got an Aquarius full moon on the 15th of August. We've got the sun doing her uh, Kazim, or Venus doing her Kazemi conjunction with the sun uh, earlier in that week. We've got Mercury squaring Uranus uh, coming exact, and then Mars moving into Virgo. So those are the things that are ahead on the docket for the week ahead. And uh, I hope that you are having a good, um, you know, end of your summer here. Uh, this, this seems like a pretty, pretty decent week. It's probably one of the, I think, one of the best weeks that we've experienced in the summer so far with all the benefic activity. Uh, it's a good time for a good time. It's a good time to relax. It's a good time to kind of, uh, you know, find a new 
um, positive expression of yourself and the vision and maybe start to take some inspired actions towards that end. So that's what I've got for today. Uh, thank you for sticking it out. And uh, please comment, uh, subscribe, share. And um, I hope you have a great week ahead. And we'll see you the next time. Take care.